This episode is supported by Trustonomy, an original podcast from One Trust. Every good relationship you have, personal or business, it involves trust. But we all know that trust doesn't just happen, right? We've all lost trust in a friend or a brand or a product. Trustonomy is a new podcast that looks at true stories from the past to understand how trust works and what makes it stronger and how to rebuild it when it's broken. Now, you know, I'm a sucker for a good podcast that weaves historical stories and relates it to what's happening today. So I thoroughly enjoyed this Trustonomy episode and recommend that you check that out as well. Search for Trustonomy in your podcast player. We'll also include a link in the show notes. Many thanks to the One Trust team for their support. As artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security again HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This podcast is brought to you in part by Creative Live. Creative Live is an online learning platform featuring classes taught by industry leaders such as Nir Ayal and Alex Bloomberg. Go to creativelive.com forward slash rocketship and find some of our favorite classes, buy them and get 30% off. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Matt Goldman. And I'm Joelle Goldman. Today we talked with Tim Fargo, the founder of Tweet Jukebox. What'd you guys think? This was really interesting um, to kind of hear how we, he went from a services business exiting for $20 million, and then kind of figuring out SaaS and internet models, um, which, which was all new for him. And so it was really interesting to hear about that. Um, what'd you think, Matt? Yeah, he had a really helpful perspective on getting started and 
how some things just can't be avoided. It's all a big learning process and you have to be okay with that. Uh, nobody knows what they're doing and listening to this was really helpful. So let's get into it. Rocketship is proudly supported by Bench is an online bookkeeping service that provides you with tax-ready financial statements from professional bookkeepers. This week, I talked to their manager of client experience, Margaret Gray, about what it's like behind the scenes at Bench. I, I'm sure a lot of our clients will picture like a collection of hipster nerds just like hanging out and doing bookkeeping and like pounding away at the keyboard keyboard in silence, but we have a lot of fun because we really enjoy working with each other so much. So we have fun doing your bookkeeping. You should never feel bad about handing it off to us because we enjoy solving people's problems for them. Go to bench.co forward slash rocket ship and get 20% off your first six months today. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocket ship. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail into the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7 and integrates with tools and services you use every day. It's crazy that we've moved everything we do for business over to the digital world, but still need to pick up, sort, and manage physical mail. With Earth Class Mail, you can get all of your mail scanned and accessible online 24-7. You can search for your mail, send invoices over to your accounting software, sync important documents into cloud storage, deposit checks instantly, and really make running your business as a whole a lot easier. You'll also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, and investors. Go to earthclassmail forward slash rocket ship and get your first two months of the starter package absolutely free. All right, so Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. Absolutely, yeah. So um, give us kind of, for those that don't know, um, give us kind of the overview of Tweet Jukebox. Um, Tweet Jukebox started out as an app that got developed for me, um, mostly because I'm a little lazy. Um, I was trying to sell a book. Okay, I, I sold a business in 2003, and um, and then I was sort of retired, dabbling and stuff, and being on boards and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and then I said, okay, well, I'm going to do something more. I'm going to put out a book, and I did a book called Alphabet Success. So, you know, I put that book out, and then I quickly found out that when you come out with a new book. <clears throat> in today's market, yeah, it's not really a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went, you know, uh, kind of around to different social media platforms, and for me, the most appealing one was Twitter. Um, and so I started tweeting different things, and I found that you know some evergreen content um, and quotes and things like that tended to be a little bit better for me in terms of driving some engagement and just getting people around so that I could kind of start engaging. Well, doing that takes a lot of time, or it did. Um, you know, I'd be scheduling things and I was trying to keep track of what I tweeted and when. Um, so I did that for, you know, a few months. And then I was actually in South Africa, um, with the wife and, 
I just kind of had a meltdown. I was like, this is just ridiculous. I'm spending an inordinate amount of time doing something that nobody cares about. And what I mean by that is when a tweet lands in your tweet stream, people don't care how it got there. They don't care if you carved it into granite on a you know, marble tablet and had it delivered on a velvet pillow to your tweet deliverer or if it came out of tweet jukebox. People don't care how it got there. They only care if it resonates with them. So I had actually a guy that I've worked with a couple times before when I first got out of college, and then actually he worked for me at Omega, which is the company I sold, um, Len Sixth. And I called Len and I said, hey, you know, this is here, – here's what I'm doing. Um, I'd really like to construct a set of databases that will tweet for me um, and act kind of like hourglasses so that they'll automatically, randomly – you know, flip over when they run out of content and start randomly tweeting the content out again. Because um, I was pretty agnostic as to timing because I actually don't believe as much in best time to tweet as a lot of people do. Um, but anyhow, so it got developed for me. And then, you know, I was using it and people were, of course, commenting. They're like, oh, you're amazing. You just tweet all the time. Do you ever <laughs> sleep? It's like, yeah, I sleep all the time. Um, well, not all the time, obviously. But um so the people got intrigued, and then we, you know, me and Len said, "Well, you know, why don't we just like kick this thing out into the market a little bit, and you know, and try to see if people sign up for it, and if they like it, and let's refine it, and um, you know, and then maybe at some point we can monetize it um, if people like it." So we did that in February of this year, and um, we just. Anyhow, and kind of fast forward, I mean, we literally just last weekend um, flipped the switch on the paid model. So now we're getting to see, you know, how much love (laughs) there is in the 23,000 users we acquired along the way. It's like, yeah, you you know, we we know you showed up to the party, but will you dance with us kind of thing. So (laughs) So how – did you measure kind of how engaged those 23,000 users were with it? Um, you know, we have a fall off of about um, about twelve percent of the people that show up just go away. They don't like it for whatever reason, and I mean, there's we're trying to address some of that, but I think <laughs> there's just I think a certain amount of people that will sign up and look at a tool and then you know don't understand it, and even if you provide an explanation, um, they don't always necessarily listen to it. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, the majority of the other people were active in one way, shape, or form. Um, and the nature of the product is you don't really – it's not like Buffer because with Buffer, you have to kind of keep go refilling it. You know, the bucket, the bucket eventually empties depending on the plan you have. With ours, the bucket never empties, you know, because the bucket is kind of self-refilling, so to speak. Um, so, I mean, in theory, you know, you could, you could, you could kind of tweet ad infinitum. Um, just by having a jukebox or jukeboxes filled with a certain amount of content. I mean, you don't, you don't have to go back. It doesn't require you to tend to it. Yeah, I mean, so tell me a bit about kind of transitioning over um, into this online world and how you, you kind of approached, I guess, just getting started. Well, from the beginning, you know, when we first pushed the platform out, 
I knew a lot of people just from having tried to promote my book mm-hmm. um, and people I sort of befriended. So I tried to find people that had at least a little bit of profile um, to sort of, you know, help me and get them to try it and things like that. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I really didn't know what to do next other than, you know, kind of somewhat traditional things like trying to get a little PR, um, trying to get people to tell other people about it, trying to get people to kind of advocate on our behalf, um, and and then trying to build more and more things. I mean, this is not like news, but trying to build more and more things into the app itself that promoted awareness of it. Because um, I think that, you know, very often that's, and I, I'm like absolutely not an online expert. Right. <laughs> um, but... Um, but I think awareness is, is what everyone – I mean, in this market right now today, and it's only getting worse by every second, the hardest thing in the world is to get anybody to even notice you. Yeah. You've got to get noticed. You know? and, that's, and that's the first step to even knowing if people care about what you're doing. But getting noticed is the first challenge. Did you see immediate success with that when you got started? Well, I mean, I think people – that had a similar need to me, of course, you know, really like the platform. Um, but I, but it's also, it's, it's not necessarily something that people would automatically think about that aren't kind of in the middle of social media, but it's tweet jukebox, you know, is awesome for people like a small business person wants to put together some evergreen content, have some tweets about it, have some content go out, but doesn't have time to be, you know, they don't have the money for a social media manager. They don't have the time to do it themselves because they're busy. What did you do? Like, um, when you, like, how did you get over that kind of, uh, discouragement or the kind of, the, the things that hold you back a little bit from just getting started and, and going, um, how did you kind of get past that phase when things just weren't as big as you wanted them to be? You know, I, I think there's a there's a Theodore Roosevelt quote that's like fits this perfectly, and it's like something to the effect of "I'll probably butcher it, but um, uh, do what you use what you have, do what you can, something like that." And you know, it's basically like just kind of get in there and just do whatever you can do. And I guess my point, and I'm trying to answer your question. I don't, I don't think you can get discouraged. I think what you have to do is just accept, like, you have to keep iterating really quick and see what's working and try to get in front of people, like whether it's a blogger or a publication that might write an article about you that will expose you to their constituency. Um, I mean, that's, you know, that's the only way. And I mean, and I think blogging and getting content out into the world is you know, and this is not necessarily a revelation, but <clears throat> building that awareness is key. But I think you can't you can't get discouraged, and and I think it's super important for people that are listening. You know, if you're sitting around like waiting for when you're going to be ready to do something, you're never going to be ready. You're never ready, and and even now, I mean, I've been doing this for almost a year. I mean, I've certainly been working with the software for over a year, and I get up every day and I learn new stuff and I find out things that I was doing that are really dumb. But I didn't know they were dumb when I was trying them. I thought they were smart. I mean, nobody gets up in the morning and goes, gosh, this idea is ridiculous. I think I'll do it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. you, you find out the idea is ridiculous after you try it. But, and, that's, and I think that's why 
you know, having a bias towards action is absolutely critical um, to succeed because the only way to, to find out if your idea, you know, holds water is just to put it out there. And if it's bad, then retract it and, and move on. Don't, there's, people aren't keeping score. You know, it's like, I think sometimes business people, it's almost like a teenager with a pimple. They think everybody notices when they do something a little bit wrong. Right. And the world's not focused that much on you. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> but <laughs> you know, um, I think you just have to try and accept that, you know, you're going to make mistakes, but people, I mean, unless it's something really horrific, which most people wouldn't do anyhow. I mean, you know, people aren't judging you. I mean, they, they might not engage with the content you put out or the kind of promotion you conduct, but I don't think they're walking away going, oh my gosh, can you believe what Tweet Jukebox did? That is just crazy. Right. You know, it's just right. not at that level. Interesting. Yeah. So it really, there's, especially when starting out, it sounds like there's just room for error and it's okay. Well, it's good that there's room for error because yeah. at least in my case, there's been plenty of it. So, And you mentioned before that um, obviously a big reason for monetizing is so that you don't have to keep you know, digging into your own pockets to keep this going. What kind of um, goals and time frame do you have set to see if this really works? Um, I would say it's already proved itself to be self-funding based on the initial data. Um, so that's, you know, ding, ding, ding. That's a nice one. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, then, I mean, is it going to be a business? You know, because I don't want to... I mean, I really don't want to have a lemonade stand, so to speak. Um, you know, it would be nice for it to be a real, like, kind of thriving business. Um, you know, I don't know that we're, like, looking for a global domination or anything. But, um, you know, it's a little early for that. I mean, I really try to keep my hat on as far as, like, you know, what grand plans I was going to have. Because um, I, th- I think signing up free people is, is awesome. You know, and if you're an entrepreneur that's trying to get a SaaS business go, going or whatever, and you're building a list, you're building kind of a tribe or a trust community, whatever you want to call it, that's awesome. But, you know, at, at some point, the rubber's got to meet the road. And this is the other element, not just to, you know, from a cash flow perspective, try to monetize it, but also just to see, you know, are, do, do people actually really care about what you're doing? And I mean, so far, it seems like they do. Um, or at least a sufficient number of them do for us to have it as an ongoing business. So, I mean, that's, I'm encouraged by that. And I mean, as far as what's next, um, you know, I hate to sound really, you know, uh, ill-prepared or whatever, but I mean, I I really want to get a handle on how we get through this and look at those numbers and then, and and try to build from that. Because I feel like until I have that data, you know, I'm really just guessing, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, and it's it it can go many ways, right? <laughs> Sometimes you kind of follow what people are telling you. Um, but I'm curious, you exited um your last company, I think it was like a 20 million dollar exit. Um, but it was a services company. Um, what has been the biggest kind of shift for you coming into the SaaS world? Um well, for one, you know, I went from being kind of a, you know, <laughs> baby kissing, glad handing, you know, jet jumping, you know, kind of executive sales kind of guy, um, because that's how you did business, right? You know, we had insurance clients and, you know, I went all over the United States meeting with them. 
Um, and, you know, and I did it with sales reps um, as we grew. <clears throat> but in SaaS, you're, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing to be kind of behind a veil getting your feedback and then trying to, you know, humanize that and, and react to patterns of conversation because you get outliers, so mm-hmm. to speak. I mean, you're always... I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't really think it matters what business you have. If it's an online business, you will get people that no matter what you do, they'll find something to hate about you, right? Okay. And so, if you're going to focus on that and go, "Oh, I can't have people like that. I have to fix it," I don't think that's true. I mean, I think you have to kind of look at like what's what's the most predominant data, because you're also going to get people that just happen to like you because they know you on Twitter or whatever, and you know they're kind of. You know, one step removed from being a relative that just does things for you because they like you, um, and those people aren't necessarily you know the the group to like. If they give you accolades, maybe that's not something good to focus on either. Um, so it's, I guess, like trying to understand the feedback has just been different because it all comes to you online, um, and I do actually I do all the customer support myself. Um, so you know, I kind of get up front and center and know what users are frustrated by. And we try to address that by changing things, of course. Um, when it's a consistent complaint, you know, I mean, we start to react on that basis. Um, if something seems to be a consistent problem, then we address it. Um, or, you know, or, or just something that isn't, you know, we, we perhaps didn't communicate it clearly enough, that kind of thing. So, I mean, that's that. And, of course, I mean, you know, running – a multi, you know, I mean, by the time I sold my last company, we had over 300 employees, um, and trying to keep everyone on the same page in that environment. I mean, it's a lot easier now because it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's me. Right. (laughs) I mean, you know, unless I really kind of go off the rails, I mean, I pretty much could remember in the afternoon when I was planning in the morning. Sure. Sure. You know, absolutely. Um, you mentioned uh, working with James Altucher and, and kind of in a promotion. I'm curious how something like that kind of came about and, and how you negotiated that. Um, I begged him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, man. Let's keep it real, right? Um, no, but I, you know, I know him a bit because, you know, I, I like his writing, um, as do a lot of people. Yeah. And, so I knew he was coming out with the rich employee, and I said, "Hey, why don't you send me um, a draft, you know, or you know, advanced copy of this thing, and let me extract some quotes from it, and we'll create a jukebox just to help you, you know, promote the book." And you know, I mean, he was super busy, you know, but I kept after him, and so you know, he sent it over, and um, and I think it worked out pretty well. I mean, he's certainly retweeted. Um, plenty of the quotes that we've put out and, um, and, and, and some of his fans have found it, picked it up and started tweeting this stuff too. So, um, you know, we're at that stage where we're, we're still trying to kind of demo people on, on the potential of the, of the platform. Okay. Um, because whether it's someone like you, that's a podcaster, because, you know, your episodes, you know, a lot of them are probably very evergreen, Mm -hmm. you know, they would be relevant to an entrepreneur three, four, or five years from now. So, you know, it's a little bit of a kind of misnomer, like, oh, I'm going to tweet about it once. Like, why? Right. I mean, somebody else might, you know, hear it and be, you know, transformed by it, even though it's two or three years old. Yep. Um, 
so you know, there's a lot of promotional opportunities, and that was one um, with James. And so I want to kind of highlight like some of the things you can do with it, where you can get um, you can get people to support you. You know, and I and I've actually we've been talking to some charities, and we're actually pretty interested in the upcoming election as well. Um, with kind of the tagline of you know, even if you don't have any money to support a cause, you know, I mean, you can. You can certainly sign up for a free account and tweet something in support of your favorite candidate. Right. Um, so you know, and then knowing kind of what to to tweets, are you going to be like kind of delivering that content? You know, if you follow Hillary or Ben Carson or Donald Trump, are you pulling out kind of their quotes for you so you don't even have to think about it? Or it, how how would a partnership on the political side work? Um, I'd really like to get somebody who's an advocate. Because I'm not. Okay. Um, and for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just think it's, you know, as a business person, I'm not really interested in promoting a particular political agenda. But if people would like to use the platform to promote theirs, um, then I'm 100% behind that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's trying to find people who are particularly vocal. And of course, there's actually not necessarily a shortage of those. Um, and, and, you know, showing them ways that they could use the platform to allow them to um, kind of keep their thoughts going out, so to speak, um, and, a, and a tweet stream going out that way. So, you know, we're, look, we're looking at it, and we're trying to find creative ways to, to make that happen. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, well, thank you so much for, for coming on. Where can we keep up with you online? Um, you can, of course, reach me at tweetjukebox.com. Um, and um, if somebody wanted to reach me directly with a question or whatever, it would be tim at tweetjukebox.com. And uh, on Twitter, I am at alphabet success. And uh, that's, that, that's where I hang. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's where I am, you know, unless I'm on, the, unless I'm on this call. So. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. And um, yeah, we look forward to kind of the, the paid launch and hearing about how that goes. Yeah, I'd love to share that with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, where twice monthly we send out actionable advice for entrepreneurs and exclusive links to AMAs with our guests. That's rocketship.fm. Sign up today.
Sans 